What if I told you that you have the power to make a profound impact in your community? Welcome to Voice to Change podcast by Jane Doe No More. We're glad you're here. I'm Jocelyn Mementa, and our podcasts feature powerful stories from survivors of sexual crimes, as well as specialists in the field of trauma and healing. Our goal is to provide hope, resources, and the ability for you to play a role in creating positive, meaningful change for a safer world. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody. Our special guest is Troy Schinkel, and he's here to talk about male survivors and the stigmas they face. Troy, it's great to have you with us. Thank you very much, Jocelyn. Tell us what brought you to Jane Doe No More. Well, about three or four years ago, I was um, I was seeing a therapist uh, regarding some of the experiences that I had as a child, and um, one of her clients was actually a member of Jane Doe No More, and so she encouraged me to you know check out the website and check out the program. So I went to the website. And I have to admit, like I was a, I was very hesitant at first to contact anyone. You know, I got the impression that it might be just for women, and I wasn't sure how I was going to fit in. And I realized that I was completely wrong about the program. It turns out there was a few other males involved with the organization, and uh, obviously there was a lot of women involved. But I was happy that I wasn't the only male. Fast forward to more recently, I played a, a pivotal role in helping to create the John Don't No More page. John Doe No More. John Doe No More. That's correct. And that targets whom? That's going to be targeting males. Very good. You said you were speaking with a therapist at the Mm -hmm. time. That is when you learned about Jane Doe No More. Why were you in therapy? So it goes back to I was uh, watching this show called 13 Reasons Why, and um, there was a Meet the Cast, and uh, I was watching that, and they were talking about some of the issues that they dealt with on the show. And so what I did was I was watching it, and they recommend checking out this website called oneinsix.org, and it refers to one in six males are abused sexually before they turn 18. So I went to the website, and I was just reading around. And I suddenly realized that the experiences that I had as a child, other people had them as well. And it was it was considered abuse. It was considered sexually, you know, being sexually violated. So tell us more about your story. What can you share with us? Sure. So. Uh, So my story begins when I was 12 years old. I was manipulated into sexual behavior by a peer of the same age. It was ongoing for months, maybe even a year. And what he did was he actually used Playboy magazines as his method to sort of initiate things. And he also made up these rules. He said that, you know, Playboy magazine had these rules. And, you know, one of them was, you know, you need to help out a friend if you're looking at these types of magazines. So the behavior, you know, it it happened many times, unfortunately. It was in my bedroom. It was at his house. They had uh, an attic that was the finished attic, so a bedroom, even a bathroom. So to be quite honest, uh, thinking about it makes me disgusted. Back then, you thought 
this is okay. Uh, you know, it's 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 shocking to think, but I didn't I didn't really understand what was going on. I, I was you know I was a twelve year old boy. And, you know, some of the things that we focus on in this organization is, you know, if you're under a certain age, you don't have consent. You know, you don't fully you can't give consent. You can't decide that you want to do these things. It's it's just not age appropriate. And so I was sort of manipulated into these kind of behaviors. How long did it last? I, you know, my memory of the incidents are, it's, it's vague. I don't really have a, a, a great timeline, but I know it went on for, for months. I would say maybe a year. Was that the only type of relationship that you can remember? Were there other similar experiences with someone else? Uh, at that point in time, I didn't have any other experiences with uh, anybody else, uh, but I will admit I did know that he had other relationships with other boys. When did you discover that? At some point within that year, it was probably not initially, and it wasn't. It was probably in the middle somewhere. So he was he was involved with other young boys as well. And when you learned about that, what did you do about that? How did you react? I, I I was, you know, I was still confused. You know, he he did make this seem like this is what friends do. And I think there was one time where he said that there was these these uh younger boys than we than we were. He he said that that he was basically going to get in trouble. Like uh, somebody had found out what he was doing and that's when I started to realize like Okay, this this doesn't seem right. What's going on? I think I was sort of frozen. I didn't know how to stop things. I didn't know how to talk to anybody about it. I was just sort of frozen. So I didn't I didn't really know what to do. When did you finally decide that you needed to tell somebody? What prompted you to do so? Well, I, I really didn't tell anyone. <laughs> what ended up happening, how it actually stopped, was he decided that we weren't going to be friends anymore. And I was, I was very excited. I was very happy. It was a weight that had been lifted off my shoulders. And I did not tell anyone. I did not tell anyone. I might have had a few like conversations with some folks maybe in college because I was away from the situation, but I didn't, you know, I didn't tell my parents until 25 years later. So within the last three to four years is when I told my parents about it. And really when I started, you know, once I joined Jane Don't Know More, that is when I was, I really started to tell my story. So it was it was about 25 years before I started to really talk about it. Did it have an impact in your life? Absolutely. And how so? Because obviously nobody knew what you what was happening to you because right. you hadn't revealed it until maybe 3 4 years ago. So how did it impact you from 12 to however age that was when you revealed it? Um I think I have difficulties with friendships, especially males. I'm, I'm very apprehensive about males. I can be very uncomfortable around males. I've always felt more comfortable around females. I have become much better at this over time. And more recently, you know, I'm 
pretty comfortable around anybody. I'm not fearful of anybody. It doesn't really bother me. But I, I would say certainly relationships was an issue. I had a very difficult time having relationships with girls in high school. It was very nerve wracking to me. I should point out that I'm happily married at this point to a uh, wonderful woman and we have uh, multiple children. So there was that thought that, am I gay? Why did I let this happen to me? But, you know, I, I realized that it's, it wasn't my fault. I was manipulated into the behavior and there's only one person to blame. And that's, that's the other person. When you finally shared it with your parents, what did they say? So my, I, I had a conversation with my mom mm -hmm. and she was very upset about it and she was very concerned and she she ultimately wanted names and she was going to track down this person and and I said you know I'm I'm doing very well with this I I've, I've been talking about my experiences and so I said you know it's it's not a reason to be mad you know it happened a long time ago and I'm I'm doing well I can I can honestly say that so I didn't want her to go get herself in trouble over this so have you had contact with this person since <sighs> yes um so there was there was uh, a, a few times throughout my life where he kind of bumped into my life uh there was one time in high school i was running track and he was also running track for a separate team, separate school. And I, I didn't speak to him <laughs> at all. We didn't even acknowledge each other, which was nice. And then later on around high school, again, he had some similar friends. I don't know how it, it, it came about, but he was telling people that we had a relationship. And that's something that I was very upset about. I did not think we were having a relationship. So you could just see the perception of how we viewed the situation. So I think I, I called him at one point and I said, like, listen, we did not have a relationship. Please don't tell people we had a relationship. And that was pretty much it. Fast forward to my 20s, uh, I'd probably say late 20s, maybe even 30s. So well into adulthood, my wife and I, we were going to, I'm not sure if she was my wife at the time, but anyways, we were she going. She was with you. She was with me. So we went to a show. It was a play and we went to the will call to pick up her tickets and he was there. And I just, I, I crumbled, I crumbled after that. And he was, he was happy to see me and I was not happy to see him at all. I went into a pretty bad depression right after that. Like the next day, I just, I, I got in the car, drove off. I don't, you know, went to a coffee shop, just was like, I didn't want to talk to anybody, see anybody. And after, you know, after a, a little bit of time, a day or whatever, I started to say, you know, I'm not going to let this break me down. So I did go back to the, the, the place that you know, I was putting on the plays and I just, ref I just refused to talk to him. I ignored him. I didn't look in his direction. I even saw a play where he was in and he was actually in the play with a friend of mine. So that was very difficult, but I, once again, I was not gonna let this break me down. 
And then shortly after that, he ended up moving. And I was extremely happy about that as well. When did you start therapy? So uh, I, I started it probably four or five years ago. It was around the time that that, that show came out, 13 Reasons Why. And okay. so when I watched the show, you know, saw the other, the meeting of the cast and so on and so forth. When I went to the one in six.org, that prompted me to get therapy. So that's what started the ball rolling. So I got to be thankful for that show, actually. How difficult is it for a male to come forward to share a story like yours? Uh, it's very difficult. Society has this image of a man. You know, we're protectors, we're big and we're strong. You know, we fight off these attackers and we don't show our emotions. So it's this, this stigma that, you know, if these types of things happen to you, then you must be gay or uh, you must be weak. But it's obviously not the case. I do feel I'm very masculine. <laughs> It's just that there are times where you're manipulated into something and, you know, everybody thinks that they would be able to stop it. But the folks that say that have never been in a situation like this. You're involved with Jane Doe no more. So you do share your story. Absolutely. With others. Absolutely. Difficult to do? Not anymore. No, I'm I'm totally fine with telling my story. I'd say the, you know, the 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 breaking the door down was when I took a, a survivor speak workshop here at Jane Doe No More. And that was the first time that I was going to talk about what happened to me in with someone other than my my wife. And I don't even think I had told my parents at that point when I was doing the survivor workshop. And so there I was for the first time talking about my story and uh, meeting people that had similar experiences. That's what really broke open the door for me. And now I really don't have a problem talking about it. I'm not going to force it upon anybody, you know, because it is sensitive topic. But I, I tell folks that I'm happy to talk about it. I'm, asked, I'm happy to answer questions. And if you want to hear the story, I'm happy to tell What's your message to the audience and what's your message to our male listeners? I'd like to I'd like them to know that they're not alone. There is help out there. It is about finding what works for you. There's books, podcasts, therapy, social media, websites, and I just want to encourage them to find what works for them. And I think it is very important to tell your story to someone, someone who will listen, whether it be a therapist or a close person. Um, and I think just getting it off your shoulders is really, really important. You don't want to keep holding that in. You want to let it out. When you look back at what you experienced, do you wish that you had you would have shared your story mm. sooner than later? I, I think there has to be a point in your life when you're ready to share. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was uh, I just reached a, an age in my life where I was finally ready, and you know that was you know upper thirties when I I finally decided that it was time to open up. I think it's just, there's just a right time in your life. What was that like when you finally said to yourself, I want to tell somebody my yeah. story? I think realizing that I was not alone, realizing that there was actually folks that have experienced the same thing that I've experienced. There's another person here in Jane Doe No More that has a similar experience to mine. Uh, like I said, one in six.org had stories and I read a story and it was exactly like I, mine. I actually spoke to, <laughs> and we're speaking about our friend Vinny. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. And you, you just you just realize you're not the only one. And you're like, wow, the reason why I was so silent for so long was because I didn't think anybody else experienced the same thing. But now I want to uh, I want to shout it out and say, hey, if you've experienced something like this, you should go out there and get some help. How do you convince somebody, though, to do that? Mm. As you know, it, it was tough for you to do. Right. And, and I don't, me personally, I don't think it's a matter of convincing anybody. I think it's a matter of when that person is ready, there are opportunities available for that person. When that person is ready, mm-hmm. who do you recommend that they share that story with um, Jane don't know more, of course, but they first of all have to tell, they have to be able to sort of tell themselves, like they have to tell themselves that what they experienced was wrong and they're not alone and find that person that's either isolated, you know, like a therapist, you know, you, you know, what you say there is is not going to leave or you find a close member of your family or your friends and um, a trusted, trusted friend to tell them. But I really think, you know, at least for me, telling my story to other people is what's helping them hopefully tell their own story. In your case, it was... For me, like the first person I, I guess I really told was was my wife. And then I, I told my mom, uh, once again, like a weight lifting off my shoulders. Like I, I, I almost thought that they knew about this. And I don't know why I thought that. But when I told my mom, she was completely clueless, had no idea. And like I said, she was she was pretty upset by it. And and then um, she spoke to my dad about it. And uh, he, too, had no idea about what had happened. Did your wife encourage you to share your story with your parents? Um, She was more or less whatever you need to do is what you should do. So, you know, she never really thought that I would go out and tell the whole world about my my story and and talk to groups of people but here I am doing that because it's it's therapeutic for me and I never ever thought that that was going to be therapeutic I was going to say <laughs> did you ever never, think you no. would be speaking publicly and sharing your story No absolutely not no I would have if you told me 5 years ago that I'd be doing this I would have said no no way no way cuz it was locked in locked away. You were ready to just not let it out. Oh yeah. It was it was locked in. And I had locked it in for 25 years. So what's 25 more yeah, years? Exactly. I I it was it was not going to come out. And then I think just like I said those series of events that led me to start opening up. I know you already mentioned some of the resources. You mm. you talked about that. Let's talk more about John Doe no more. Absolutely. You're very involved with that. Yeah. And this this was really important for me because when I first came to Jan, uh, Jane Doe No More, I, I was I was hesitant because I wasn't sure where, you know, what sort of place uh, males played a role. And uh, now that we have John Doe No More, we have it as like a main link on the on the front of the, the website. It goes to everything that a male could need. There are podcasts, there are written stories, there's blogs, there's books, anything that uh, anybody could possibly need. And if we don't have it, we have links to other places like oneinsix.org and there's other websites. So we have everything that specifically a man might need to get the help that they need. What is something that you want to share that you feel 
the man who's listening right now would need to hear? I think it comes down to that they are not alone. Uh, they, whatever they've experienced, there's somebody else out there in the world that has experienced it too. And I, I just think that we need to bond together over this and um, and put an end to it. You know, there's been so much silence happening that I think we need to voice what's going on so that it stops. We want it to stop. That's the main goal. So the more people that can stand up and, and speak about it, uh, I think the better off we're going to be. You're not silent anymore, Troy Schinkel. I am not. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and leave us a review on Spotify to help that podcast grow. We really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for choosing to listen to the Voice to Change podcast by Jane Doe No More. We would love for you to share this episode with your friends. You can find more resources and learn about our programs at janedonomore.org. Follow us on social media. We look forward to staying connected.